everybody. Hail and welcome back to another episode of Midgard Musings. My name is Jesse, and I want to say thank you so much for listening to my podcast here um, on whatever platform you're listening to. I broadcast on Anchor.fm, distributed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, a bunch of others. So whichever one you choose to listen to, I greatly appreciate that listener support. Um, if you go to anchor.fm slash Midgard Musings, you'll see ways that you can uh, support my channel through monetary monthly donations as for just as little as a dollar a month. Um, anything like that that you are so inclined to do is also greatly appreciated. And then you can always find me on Facebook and YouTube, facebook.com slash Midgard Musings, youtube.com slash Midgard Musings. I go live on the Facebook page every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Central Time. Uh, there's usually live discussions there on the page during those live feeds or streams. And then the videos are uh, post-edited and uploaded to the YouTube channel later Sunday night. Uh, so become a subscriber on the YouTube channel. We are actively and aggressively pursuing 2,000 subscribers um, as of today, which is uh, July 24th. Also want to send out a special uh, shout-out to my mom. Uh, it's her birthday today. She is turning 60 and uh, so happy birthday, mom. I know you're not going to be listening to this, but uh, happy birthday to my mom. So guys, uh, today's episode is going to be about how to um, do a solitary ritual. Uh, last week's uh, episode was talking about the gifting exchange, the gifting cycle, why we do it, um, the importance of it uh, for, for not just engaging um, with our, you know, holy powers, our deities, uh, but with one another and the other heathens in our communities. Um, so definitely, if you are uh, unfamiliar with that, you can go back through my catalog um, on your podcast listening platform and check out the importance of the gifting exchange or gifting cycle. Uh, but what I wanted to talk about today is, you know, how do we actually do a ritual or what are some of the steps that we can um, take to perform one, especially for a lot of folks out here who may be new to heathenry, uh, coming into this path um, with a little bit of a uncertainty of how to perform these uh, various things. Um, so what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be going over some historical information. I'm going to be giving you um, like a historically accurate solitary ritual practice or performance all right how different folks do their own rituals you know based off of the uh their own experiences and sorry it's early today and i'm <clears throat> voice is cracking here i apologize for that <clears throat> we'll get it through here though we'll get through it um how different folks do their own rituals is going to be entirely up to them so what I'm what I'm showing you, or what I'm going to be talking to you guys about, is um, you know based off of historical evidence and and things that we can see as as being how rituals were done with we uh, you know, with regards to arch heathen pre Christian Scandinavia. Okay, um, so bear that in mind. Uh, if you want to do it differently, you're certainly welcome to develop your own methods. How you um, communicate with the your, with the gods and with your ancestors and with the vatir of the land and of the home um that's all up to you okay 
so before we get started into this uh, discussion, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break and let you guys hear a few things from some local heathen businesses that I like to plug. And then we'll come back and get into starting talking about uh, how to do a solitary ritual. I'll be back. Thanks for listening thus far. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast thus far. Real quick, I just want to call your attention to a really neat little blacksmith shop that I've uh, come across on Facebook. Uh, Don't have any information as far as a website yet because they are still kind of small, but I want to call your attention because I love blacksmithing work, and I know a lot of my listeners out here will get into that type of stuff. So um, they're called Old Ways Forge. Uh, They do custom knife orders. Um, and it's by order only. Um, they, you know, make and forge uh, Damascus steel Mjolnir pendants, uh, other pendants and jewelries by request. Uh, check them out on Facebook. They got a lot of neat stuff up on their Facebook page. Uh, and that is going to be facebook.com slash oldwaysforge. O-L-D-W-A-Y-S-F-O-R-G-E. Really simple, easy to find. You can email them uh, for more information or for quotes at uh, oldwaysforge at gmail.com. Check them out. Let us know what you think. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. Let's get back to the podcast. Hey, folks, welcome back. Thanks for taking the time and listening to that little commercial break. I appreciate you sticking around. Let's get into the uh, discussion for today or the episode for today. Really excited to do this one, guys, because we talked last week about the importance of the gifting cycle and um, equal exchange and engaging our our deities and our ancestors and um, the various uh, Vaitir that we uh, live around and with. Um, And so this uh, episode is going to be on uh, how to do ritual or how to do things that um, can be a part of this, uh, this gifting process or this gifting exchange or cycle okay so the first things that we're going to be talking about are what you need okay um we'll we'll try to go into uh the things that you need um kind of getting yourself set up before the ritual um uh, a simple uh prayer or something that you can do or say that uh you know gets you in that mindset um, and then the actual um, ritual itself, um, and then how you would basically end the ritual, um, and so on and so forth. So, um, let's go ahead and get started with the items needed. Um, one of the first things that you'll want to have is a sacred place to do your ritual, right? So this could either be, if you have one set up, um, and, and, and this could be included in, um, this isn't just one place you know like you have uh what we talked about um uh, a week or so ago was the the holger the outdoor uh heathen altar that's historically made of stone or space outside that you have dedicated to your um ritual to your bloat and um you could also have one just indoors you could have a a table or, or a mantelpiece or something set up um, for your altar indoor. So historically speaking, you had the Holger, which was outdoors and was literally just made like a pile of stones 
Um, so it could be as simple or as elaborate as you want it to be. It could also be something that you just have set up indoors. So anyway, you have you have that, you have your space. Um, you'll want to have a bloat bowl, uh, something that is uh, used for ritual only, not something that you use in your kitchen or um, you, that you use for anything else. It is dedicated and set aside specially for your ritual. Um, so it's, you know, preferably to preferable to be made of wood um you can use stone you can use marble you know whatever um but it's preferably of wood um you'll also want to have uh, something that is um like a twig um the hotain is uh like a, a, a something from a tree you know, a lot of people use pine or cedar some sign of coniferous tree uh something small enough to fit in your bloat bowl um, t- to use for the blessing of things. Um, you'll also want to have fire materials such as incense, um, uh, candles, um, because fire is used <clears throat> uh, for ritual historically. And pretty much any time I do ritual as well, uh, regardless of who or what it's for, there is fire involved. Next, you'll want to have something that holds the fire when it's lit. Um, uh, you can use a candle, uh, some sort of a sensor, um, a torch, you know, something like that. So if you're if you're outdoors, you you can make a fire. <clears throat> Obviously, um, if you're indoors, you can't start a fire indoors safely. So you'll want to have something like a candle or whatever like that. You can be a little. Uh, creative and in that instance um, and then you'll want to have the actual plate of something that you're uh, offering on so you'll want an offering plate this can be something of uh, also set aside um, that is specifically used for ritual um, but the, it's different from the bloat bowl um, the bloat bowl is something specifically used for bloat um, to carry the the liquid okay it's not part of the offering per se it's part of the well it is it's part of the offering ritual but it's not like the actual offering could be the food um whatever so there's the offering place separate from the bloat bowl and then of course since there's fire you need to have something to start the fire so this could be a lighter a piece of flint or steel or flint and steel obviously to 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 spark a fire but whatever you use a fire starter okay um so now that we got that part out of the way i am going to take another quick break uh, word from our uh, local heathen businesses that I want you guys to check out, and then we will get into more of a in-depth discussion of the uh, pre-ritual, uh, creating your sacred space, and performing the the ritual itself. All right, so stick around, guys. I'll be back. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the podcast thus far. Real quick, I just wanted to call your attention to a really cool leather working company that I've come across in my perusings and travelings on the internet. I'm talking about R and R Leatherworks. And that's R ampersand R Leatherworks. Okay. These this company is um uh a they make hand tooled, stamped and laser engraved personal items. Uh these items include things such as wristbands, belt pouches, arm guards, uh, neck pendants, uh, key fobs, hair keeps, and other items. 
their aesthetic includes things of a Celtic, <clears throat> Nordic, uh, even African-American, Aztec, Native American, etc. cetera, uh, symbols. Um, and they have a really nice array of products. I encourage you guys to go check them out on Facebook. Um, just if you go into the Facebook search, type in R and then add the ampersand symbol R Leatherworks. I think there's a space in between the two R's. So you want to do R space ampersand space R Leatherworks. Uh, put that in the Facebook search. They don't have a face uh, website to check out, but definitely check them out on Facebook. Um, you can also uh, reach them through their email address, which is rvarga8, that's R-V-A-R-G-A, the number eight, at gmail.com. Uh, you can also reach out to them through uh, phone contacts, which their number is 307-631-6230. Okay, they are based out of the United States, so most of their shipping and business consists of servicing folks within the United States domestic areas. However, I do know that they will consider providing products internationally. There's just some extra shipping in, in, you know, incurred um, on their products for the international shipment. So reach out to them on Facebook. Uh, email them at rvarga8 at gmail.com and give them a call at 307-631-6230 for any of your leather working needs. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back. Now, here we go, getting into the sort of the meat and potatoes of the uh, solitary ritual aspect or, or performing the ritual. We've already got our what we need. Uh, we've got our uh, materials, and now we're getting into the uh, performing of the action, okay? So what you'll want to do is first, whatever you're offering, okay, whether it be the, the food or... Um, a handmade item or whatever that physical offering is, you're going to want to put it on your, your altar, okay? You want to have your fire method already. Um, and then you're going to also want to have your the liquid for the bloat bowl, whether that be, you know, your cider, mead, wine, uh, ale or beer, or literal blood, uh, because this is a... Um, you know, we're talking about a, a historically accurate type of, of ritual. A lot of um, heathens, if they can, will use blood from either their own animals, their own uh, livestock. Um, and we can get into that here in just a little bit in terms of a, uh, a proper use of this. Um, some heathens will go to a market like a butcher and ask for blood for cooking. Um, a lot of times that's readily available, but... That's preference at that point. Um, you'll want the, the the twig of the branch of the tree that you're gonna use in with the bloat uh, to to sprinkle things. We're gonna get into that process here in a little bit, um, but you want to get yourself all set up, okay? If you have idols or statues, uh, statuettes, um, in, in physical representations of the gods um, on your altar there as well, you'll want to have that all set up. And then if you're indoors, make sure that beneath them, there's something to catch the liquid that you're going to be using from the bloat, okay? Because uh, we're going to get into that here in just a second. So the next step 
is you want to create your sacred space with fire. Um, this being, uh, like I said, that that sensor, um, something that can hold or carry the fire. It could be a candle holder. Um, it could be a uh, like a metal bowl with a candle inside it. Um, other people will use uh, literal like wood chips, uh, incense. Some people use oil, um, creating a fire that will last at least about 10 minutes or so, give or take. So like, you know, oil lamps, um, teacup lights, things like that work well. Um, you can try doing this here where you light your fire, walk in a circle around the halt, the altar, the holger, the, uh, the sacred space here. Um, and you can say some sort of a prayer to, um, any of the deities really. Um, but a lot of popular ones would be Odin, Thor, um, Freyr, Freyg, Freya, some of the more dominant uh, deities that exist uh, in the lore. Um, and you recite a prayer to them. It could be anything. You're hailing them, you're welcoming them to the sacred space and creating that space with through the fire. Um, once you've created your sacred space, you'll want to say some sort of simple uh, prayer or of, of acknowledgement to the gods and goddesses and your ancestors. It doesn't have to be pre-written, um, but it can be. Um, but you can make it on the spot, really. Just whatever comes to you from your heart um, and whatever suits you. It's gonna. The gesture is what matters. Um, like I said, it doesn't have to be a big, long dissertation. Um, it could just be, you know, something simple. Hail to the gods. Hail to our goddesses. Hail to our ancestors in the whites of the land um something whatever okay something with that that is genuine that comes to you from your heart um, next comes the actual bloating um the where you get your bloat bowl that contains the um the the blood or the cider or whatever beverage that you have in there again it, it whether it's blood or not doesn't really matter because again that that's going to depend on first of all the nature of the ritual what you're doing um do you even do you have a problem with using blood are you squeamish um are the people around you that are involved if there are people there um but again we're here we're talking solitary ritual so you basically want to have enough of liquid in the bowl to take the sprig of the or the twig the the herotine, uh, you want to be able to sprinkle your your idols, your statues, the the god uh, representations of the gods. Uh, you want to be able to dip this twig into the liquid, sprinkle the gods, um, sprinkle the offering uh, yourself, and then if there's anybody with you or any folks with you. Um, so you're, you're using this and you want to have enough liquid in the bowl, which is why I say if you don't want to get bloody... Um, you can use any sort of alcoholic beverages, you know, mead, wine, cider, ale, that sort of thing. So, um, and then when you dip the blood or um, dip the twig into the the bloat bowl, um, however many times it's as often as needed to to do all these, you know, to sprinkle everything, um, you can uh recite something you know if you're, if you're sprinkling thor you hail thor if you're sprinkling odin hail odin um you can do anything uh at that point um 
so going to the blood thing I mentioned earlier that people will often try to get blood um, whether you go to the butcher and, and ask for it or whether you have your own animals now I'm not suggesting and I'm not even implying that you should purposely kill an animal just for the sake of the blood um, I would strongly urge anybody that decides they want to use blood um, of an animal in ritual to use it and obtain it and acquire it in such a way that respects and honors the life of the creature that you're getting the blood from because this is their life that is being taken um so i would not harm it like so, so let's say for instance you uh have the means of uh slaughtering your own livestock or your own uh fowl you know some people have ducks chickens geese <clears throat> uh other things like that don't just go out there and kill an animal for the blood um you may want to wait until um you have an animal that is maybe weaker um that's not going to make it that's you know sort of uh on its last leg either through old age or through illness um that would if it was to stick around would would be a detriment to the rest of your flock or the rest of your livestock okay um cleanly humanely respectfully um harvest the blood from the animal and do so with utter respect and utmost thanks um again a, a clean slaughter a peaceful uh slaughter is something that you definitely want to um you know keep in mind so if you're not comfortable with doing that don't it, it would just be better to use something of a non-blood some other alcoholic beverage or something like that um so once you do that <clears throat> once uh, so that that's one point i definitely wanted to bring up um if you're slaughtering it you're gonna you know use the bloat bowl to catch the blood from that animal okay um so once you've done the actual bloating of that you'll want to be uh present the offering um on the plate uh, so whether like i said whether you slaughter your own animal or buy buy it um it's the bloat part of things we've we've blessed everything already through the the bloating process and now we're into the offering so the bloat is a meal the offering is going to be a meal that you share with the god so you want to get some of the best portions uh of your meal place it on the plate put it on your altar um and then that's you know that's that's all set up before you start the ritual so that way during the ritual it's already there it's already set up finally uh you'll want to get to the closing part you're going to say you know thank the gods thank the ancestors thank these uh deities for uh coming to the sacred space and sharing in this and accepting this gift um and then a lot of times folks will um be be very specific and saying you know this this right has ended this 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 bloat has ended the ritual is done something that indicates that we're over it's over now um and then a lot of folks will also bid farewell to the spirits that have um arrived so you know bid farewell to the gods and their return journey back to their uh back to the sacred since they have come now to 
to uh, to partake with you. Um, bid them well on their journeys back. Bid the the, the spirits of the land um, peace. Um, you're basically just making an, a, a solid indication that it's over now. We're done. Thank you for coming. You you um, are welcome to stay, but you are not obligated to stay. Um, so that's another neat touch that um, I would recommend. And then you're going to go and you're going to um, eat your meal. You're going to partake in the meal. Literally, you, you'll go and um, eat the food that was offered to the gods. And um, if, if there's anything left over, if, like I said, if it's a uh, one practice that I like to, to, to have is any, any meat offerings. Um, I have I have animals in at, at at home. You know, I have my pets. These are to me the representations of the um, vetir of the home, and um, they are are they are they are they are contained in these animals. So I gift to them uh, by feeding the 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 dogs uh, some meat, things that are healthy for them. Um, if it's biodegradable vegetables, fruits, things like that, you can leave it on your altar for the uh, nature of the land to partake of, as long as it's not anything that's toxic or um, harmful for the vetir to consume, because you don't want to do anything that's going to make them upset or make them feel ill or anything like that. Um, and then again, this is a this is an optional thing because it's um, it's really only kept historically for groups. Um, and that is Sumbul, which will be another discussion um, for another time. Um, but Sumbul is something that you would leave out um, if this is a solitary thing. If you're doing uh, bloat, or if you're doing a ritual as a family, um, for instance, if you are husband, wife, children, uh, that sort of thing, um, any sort of relationship that you have with someone that you're doing it with, um, with multiple people you can do, assemble uh, as a family um but we'll, like i said we'll, we'll get into uh talking about that so uh at a, at a different time so um that is the basically the meat and potatoes of what to do for a ritual we're going to take another quick break uh here's some more words from some healing businesses that i want you guys to check out and then i will go back into uh sort of the sources of things just to kind of give you guys a little bit of a background of what to where where uh, i'm getting all this uh, source material from so stick around i'll be back thank you guys so much for listening hey everyone thanks for listening to the podcast thus far real quick i just want to call your attention to a really neat little blacksmith shop that i've uh, come across on facebook uh, don't have any information far as a website yet because they are still Kind of small, but I want to call your attention because I love blacksmithing work, and I know a lot of my listeners out here will get into that type of stuff. So um, they're called Old Ways Forge. Uh, they do custom knife orders, um, and it's by order only. Um, they, you know, make and forge uh, Damascus steel Mjolnir pendants, uh, other pendants and jewelries by request. Uh, check them out on Facebook. They got a lot of neat stuff up on their Facebook page. Uh, and that is going to be facebook.com slash oldwaysforge, O-L-D-W-A-Y-S-F-O-R-G-E. Really simple, easy to find. You can email them uh, for more information or for quotes. 
at uh, oldwaysforge at gmail.com. Check them out. Let us know what you think. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. Let's get back to the podcast. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I've got something really neat I want to share with you guys. Um, if you are looking to engage with someone uh, who is into holistic crystal energy healing, um, they are an herbalist, aromatherapist, tarot reader, Reiki master, magical worker, things like that. I want you guys to check out uh, Stephanie over at Mystic Moon Tree based out of Georgetown, California. All right. You can check her website out, www.mysticmoontree.com. Uh, she is available for in-person and online video chat sessions by appointment only. All right. In addition to the holistic crystal energy workings and things like that, she sells uh, metaphysical and magical supplies, herbal remedies, teas, lotions, soaps, candles, uh, different spells, potions, whole herbs. Um, she also offers the actual spiritual healing sessions, readings, magic lessons. Um, if you are in her area and she can uh, work it out to come to you, she'll do home cleansing and protection, amongst other things. All of her information is on the website. Check out mysticmoontree.com. Get in touch with Stephanie over there and see how she can help you in areas such as this. So thank you guys for listening. Let's get back to the podcast. All right, folks, we are about to wrap up this episode. Thank you guys for listening and, uh, you know, becoming a part of this whole thing that I'm doing here with Midgard Musings. As a reminder, please check out my Facebook page, Midgard Musings, uh, facebook.com slash Midgard Musings. Follow the Facebook page. I go live there every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Central Time. Join in the live discussion if you're so inclined. And then also become a subscriber on YouTube, youtube.com slash Midgard Musings. If you don't want to miss anything, there's a bell notification that you can click on once you subscribe. You're notified whenever I upload new content. We are looking to get to 2,000 subscribers before uh, January 1, 2020. So your support there is greatly appreciated. Let's go ahead and wrap up this uh, this week's episode on how to do ritual. Okay, we've given you the you know the what's what's needed, kind of giving you the how of what to do. Now I'm just going to kind of go over the explanations of why, the source materials, uh, why we do this the way we do it. Um, and again, this is coming from a historical aspect. All right. So um, I am one of those middle of the road type heathens where I am not hardcore recon, but I love to learn the historical facts and sources of things. So that way I can re in, like invigorate heathenry today and, and use these time proven methods uh, that my ancestors used to, uh, you know, like I said, revitalize heathenry today, um, add my own twisted things, add my own personal feelings and stuff to it, but still um, have a source or the roots um, that are honored. Uh, so the one the first part that we talked about during the actual ritual was the creation of sacred space with fire. Okay. Um, from ancient times, there's even a Norse saga called uh, Lent Namabok, which means land taking book. Um, when a person got a new home or land, they created sacred space um, when taking that new home. There's um, messages or, or you know, uh, stanzas, I should say, 
um, in the different sagas. Um, again, in Landnama book, uh, there's a saga called Erbigya Saga. Um, there's some old Saxon uh, or Anglo-Saxon sources. Um, the old Saxon Highland Fit number two, um, specifically, uh, it says that wise old men then brought incense from uh, or there to the temple, walking around the altar with his censer, powerfully serving, devoutly carried out his task, performing God's ritual uh, very eagerly with a clear mind. We're hearing about um, sacred space being created with the use of fire and incense. All right, so there's some some source material that you can um, go to and find historical backing as to why that's done. Uh, the best historical example of bloating, okay, we, we, we talked about that during the ritual of, of blooding or bloating the area. Uh, the best historical example that you'll probably find is from the saga of Hakan the Good. Um, and I believe it's, uh, let's see, chapter 16 says, It was an old custom that when there was to be bloat, all the bones should come to the spot where the temple stood and bring with them all that they required while the festival of the bloat lasted. To this festival, all the men brought ale with them and all kinds of cattle as well as horses were slaughtered. And all the blood that came from them was called hlut. And the vessels in which it was collected were called hlut vessels or bloat bowls. Hlut stoves, hlut tines were made like sprinkling brushes again this is the thing we we're talking about the twig of the tree so a lot of it you know you can use like pine branches cedar anything coniferous is, is great um, with which the whole of the altars and the temple walls both outside and inside were sprinkled over and also the people were sprinkled with the blood but the flesh was boiled into savory meat for those present <clears throat> so there's a a historical example of the process of bloating, why we do it that way, um, in that form or fashion. It's the the example that we have in the saga of Hakan the Good. Um, altars uh, or or horgers, um, you see it's in the Hinliyot, hin uh, which is in the poetic Edda. Um, forget which stanza that is. Uh, but it's in Hindulyoth, in the Poetic Edda, it says, He made a high altar of heaped-up stones. The gathered rocks have grown all bloody, and he reddened them again with the fresh blood of cows. So there's a example of the Horger, the outdoor assembly of stones, creating an altar um, for and on which the offering was made. Okay? Um, so there you have it, everybody. That is pretty much it. The process of doing ritual for those getting into heathenry. Maybe you've been a heathen for some time and you're still perfecting your, um, or still kind of fine tuning your processes. Here's a pretty good, solid example of how to do ritual. Okay. Um, so guys, I would love to hear your thoughts. You can email me. Uh, anytime you wish, Midgard Musings TN 
at gmail.com with any questions. You can also reach out to me again on the Facebook page. Send me a message. Um, you can comment on any of the videos on YouTube. And I would definitely encourage you guys to check all that stuff out because there's all kinds of ways for you to support Midgard Musings. I have a Teespring store with merchandise. Also, there's merchandise available on Redbubble. Um, accepting donations via PayPal. I'm also on Patreon, so go to YouTube, uh, check out Midgard Musings on YouTube, go down into the description of any of the videos you see, you'll find the um, ways that you can uh, support Midgard Musings through uh, PayPal, through Patreon, by becoming a patron on Patreon, offer some neat little perks uh, for different levels of patronage. Uh, there's also a buy me a coffee option, it's a $3 monetary donation just to buy me a cup of coffee. It helps go to support the channel. Um, all kinds of stuff there, guys. Check it all out, please. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I greatly appreciate all of your support. Hail. May the gods smile on you. May your ancestors continue to walk with you. <laughs>